Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to episode 131 of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, we've got Fallon Donahue joining us, and she is the CEO over Adventure Ohio. And she's got a great story on how she got involved in the venture capital world here in Ohio. I really think you guys are enjoy this episode, and I hope you learn a lot. Before we get to that, I want to take a quick moment, as usual, to thank all the incredible sponsors and supporters here at Conquering Columbus. So I'm going to kick it over to Josh to tell you a little more about our first sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state, and you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our next sponsor is Share. For the rides that you take the most, ride with Share. Share is a new transportation company now driving Columbus. Schedule your ride and Share picks you up at your door with professional drivers and a growing fleet of connected vehicles. Share is now hiring with entry-level management positions available. You can learn more about careers with Share at drivewithshare.com. Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet, in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Today on the show, we've got Fallon Donahue joining us, and she is the CEO over at Venture Ohio, as well as a community organizer. Venture Ohio is a four-impact organization created to facilitate a collaborative statewide entrepreneurial ecosystem and increase access to angel and venture capital for Ohio entrepreneurs. And before Venture Ohio, Fallon spent some time in both sales and advertising roles, and we're really excited to have her here on the show today. To talk about impact investing, entrepreneurship, and where Columbus is heading, welcome to Conquering Columbus, Fallon. Thank you. Yeah, and again, thanks for braving through the uh, cold weather, and uh, it's been finally starting to get a little bit of winter here in Columbus, yes. but uh, want to start kind of where we usually like to start is kick it back, talk a little bit about your path to Venture Ohio, 
and you know maybe where you went to school all the way through some of your early roles that sort of thing sure um, well like many people I took the road much less traveled I didn't even know venture capital or startups existed so this was a whole new world for me but when I discovered it it changed my life completely so I grew up in on a non-operational farm in rural Ohio near Mansfield and from there I actually joined the military when I turned 18 so I ended up doing that for nine years kind of in and out doing the National Guard thing you know sometimes you're active duty sometimes you're not and, and during those nine years I went to school for part of it and I started my career for part of it and ended up in B2B sales and I really enjoyed it I uh, was selling technical products mostly focused on office equipment then later leading into more uh, software sales and eventually found my way into the startup space, honestly, because I was prospecting the entrepreneurs. <laughs> Didn't end up selling anything because they don't have any money, um, but I did make a lot of really great friends and just had a ton of fun doing it. I really enjoyed my time there, and I just started doing whatever I could to support entrepreneurs. I actually kept a spreadsheet that I would refer to every day, and every time I would meet someone, I would jot down what it was that they were looking for, how they could be helped, and then I would try to match them with people who could help them. And so I did that just for fun. You know, I, I spent a lot of time um, in the farm community and in corporate America and in the military, and these people were so different than anyone I'd ever been around, and I was just hooked. You know, these people are nuts. You know, they work all the time so that they don't have to work 40 hours, work for the man, you know. And, these are just the people that I wanted to be around, so I wanted to support them in any way that I could. And that's really how I got into this space, was just volunteering my time nights and weekends, kind of like what you guys are doing here now, uh, just doing whatever I could to be around startup entrepreneurs and, and be around venture capitalists, knowing that you know, once I got into the space, this is what I was meant to do, was to, to support startup entrepreneurs and had an eventual goal of being a venture capitalist myself so being in the space, I just got to meet a lot of really great people. And when the opportunity for Venture Ohio arose, I was there, which was really cool. So at 18, joining the National Guard, like what did your vision look like for your life at that time? Like, do you have anything mapped out or did you want to continue down the military route you thought for a long period of time? I actually wanted to be a politician. That had something to do with my joining their National Guard. When I was 18, George Bush had just been elected. I'm a little older than you guys. And uh, he had joined the, the Air National Guard, and I wasn't trying to follow in his footsteps by any means, but you know, the election that year um, had a profound impact on me, as it did a lot of people. You know, that was the year of the hanging chads and the, the crazy election and what was happening down in Florida, and we didn't know it would happen. And I saw how much power um, and influence um, some of these local governments could actually have. Like, they were actually able to change the, the world for good, even in their own small community. And I think growing up, I didn't really realize that. I thought, you know, nothing I do can really make an impact. And I really wanted to find my path and find some way that I could make some small imprint and make people's lives better. And so at 18, I thought, this might be the route for me. So I, I joined the Air National Guard and started to pursue that path. Also, you know, being from Mansfield, that was a lot more common than it is here. You know, the base was like five minutes from my house, so it wasn't completely unheard of. It's something that I'd, I'd sort of thought of as I was growing up. Any siblings or anything? I do have one, yes. And did they follow suit, take the military route as well? Just me. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather was a veteran. Uh, my uncle was a veteran of Vietnam. They're both Purple Heart recipients. Wow. Um, but I'm the only one that carried that torch forward. So it sounds like even from the beginning, though, like you, you wanted to make sure that you weren't uh, just being ordinary in life. Like you had a passion to kind of do something special and, and make a real impact. And so 
carrying that over and then like you talked about your experience of going to these different events and putting on an Excel spreadsheet, how you could help two people who you might never receive value back from that, but that just kind of fulfilled you and made you feel like um, you were making a positive impact in the community. Is that kind of what, what drove you there? Yeah, I just believed in, in these people that I was meeting and I thought it was so profound that they were willing to put it all out on the line, you know, to pursue their passion. And it was so profound to me that they honestly believed they were going to change the world. You know, where a lot of the people I grew up with had this phrase, set for life. I heard that my whole life, set for life. And there was some achievement that you wanted to get to where you're now set for life, whether it's getting a job at the post office or something else that was kind of a guaranteed, not guaranteed, but more guaranteed income for the next, you know, 30 years, and then you get a pension, and then you retire. And, and certainly that was my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation was this kind of the set for life mentality and I grew up with that mentality as well. And then I ran into these crazy people that just continue to push the goalposts forward. And as soon as they get to where they're just about to achieve their goal, they kick it out further and they never achieve it. And I'm like, I love this. You know, I just I was so fascinated by these people, people I'd never really been around that I was willing to do whatever I could in some tiny little small way to support them. If if I could. Yeah, and so were there any particular roles along the way, you know, after getting out of the National Guard, um, you know, before joining Venture Ohio that, that had a significant impact on your career and your pathway forward? I think looking back, everything did. Mm -hmm. I don't realize until I'm in the middle of something how many skills I picked up along the way. I started my professional career as a receptionist. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my friend worked at the company and they had an opening, so I sat down and took a seat at the front desk. And I didn't make it very long. Um, I lasted about a month. Um, and that was when I discovered the sales team and what sales was and, and what that process looked like. So um, I eventually transi transitioned over to the sales team and transitioned up from there. But you pick up skills all along the way. I picked up skills in kindergarten. I picked up skills at that reception desk. I picked up skills. Uh, selling, you know, copiers all over the state, and I had a lot of different types of territories. Sometimes I was working downtown, sometimes I was working in Marion or Mansfield, and you have completely different types of customers you're selling to. Maybe you're selling to a prison system or a school or a small two-person business, a title company. You know, everyone's different. Everyone has different goals, but it was a lot of fun, and I, I think I learned a lot along the way. Yeah, i got to be honest. I so when I was going through looking at your LinkedIn for the outline and things like that, I saw you worked at MTBT. Yeah. And actually, that was my first role out of college. I spent <laughs> about four months at MTBT, and I said, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go sell software. Yeah, it's really the hard. Copiers is a grind. It's really so, hard. You give him my hope that he thinks he can make it now. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm going back to college. Sparks out a little Sorry, this is, my, this is my 30 day notice, Josh. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, complete sidetrack topic there. But to jump into so, how do you get to Venture Ohio then? So, um, you know, I was spending a lot of time in the startup community. I got to know a lot of the VCs in town, uh, mostly because I'm hitting them up for money. You know, we sponsor this. We sit on this panel. We do this. We help us out. And uh, I was doing a lot of the things that the Venture Ohio role um, entailed anyway. I was just volunteering for it. I didn't even know this role existed. This is just what I enjoyed doing. Venture Ohio was actually formed by the community several years ago. It was formed because there's a lot of things happening in the world. Uh, one being that the Volcker Rule was implemented, which said banks can no longer invest in venture capital funds. Didn't make a big splash because in Silicon Valley and Boston and New York, where they have a ton of capital, didn't really matter. You know, they had a lot of entrepreneurs who had seen success, who had seen success, who had seen success. They had these, you know, thriving ecosystems, and the banks didn't play a large role 
and the formation of venture funds. But here in Ohio, we don't have uh, a mature ecosystem, so the banks played a pretty significant role in that. So that really hurt us when the Volcker rule uh, was implemented. It's a great rule, but you know, for venture capital funds, it had you know kind of an unintended consequence. And then we had a fund of funds uh, that was bond-backed in the state of Ohio that was running out of capital around that same time. And that was usually first money in. They had the ability to conduct due diligence on these funds, something that a lot of the family offices, corporations, universities, pension funds really didn't have um, the ability to do at the time. Venture was just kind of new in the state. And uh, we also had an angel tax credit that was running out. So the community for the first time said, we've got to get together. The Ohio community, the Ohio venture community, had never really had a need to get, to, to get together before. Cleveland has their own community. Columbus has their own community. Cincinnati has their own community. And there's a lot of smaller communities in between there. But now for the first time, because of these policy changes, they had a need to come together. So they took a few at-bats. Things didn't go the way that they'd hoped. But they still had this thing here. You know, We've got this organization. It's formed. It has bylaws. There's a little cash in the bank. We have a board. Let's do something with this. And I knew a few of the venture capitalists in town, Rich Langdell, Mark Kwame, and uh, I ended up writing a very lengthy letter, um, very lengthy, a paper, in fact, about eight pages on what I thought they could do with this organization. I had never run a nonprofit before. I had no experience in venture. I'd never even worked at a startup before. But I loved it so much, and I saw so much potential in what this organization could do. I knew I was meant to do that, so I pursued it anyway, and. I got interviewed more than I think anyone has ever been interviewed for a job, and I eventually got it, and it was it was awesome, and it's been a lot of fun ever since. So in those eight pages, it won't make you relive every single <laughs> one of them, but what were some of the highlights that you talked about? That It's like you're sitting down, like you said, you never worked in a startup, yes. you never worked in VC, yes. um, you've just done personal research trying to understand the way the industry works and been around yeah. people. Yeah. So what did you call out to them? Like, did you have funding metrics in the city and like economics in there where they read it and they were like, oh, I can see how I'm going to make money off this or how it's going to be good for the community? Actually, it was just a change in attitude. You know, up until this point, we've been really focused on how can the government better serve us? And so in doing so, we're, we're collecting data and we're showing that the startup community needs help. That's true, it's absolutely true. Even last year, the best we've ever been, we're still less than half a percent of venture capital funding went to Ohio, as opposed to the, you know, the entire country, 75% went to just three states. But my paper was really focused on changing our perception and thinking about this with the lens of positivity. You know, yes, we're up and coming, but we have a lot of really raw, amazing ingredients here. We have great universities here. We have great corporations who are willing to lean in. We have a government that's willing to lean in. The Third Frontier has provided a lot of really valuable uh, contributions to the startup community. There's something really special here. So why don't we take this, take all that Venture Ohio has already organized, all these great venture capitalists that are already coming together on a regular basis, and why don't we talk about how amazing Ohio is? Let's make the Venture Report about opportunity, and let's get it out to as many eyes as we possibly can. So we started to work with a PR firm, we started to work with a great graphic design firm, we started to put this material out that we distributed all over the country, and really all over the world, and said, you know, do you wish you could have invested in Silicon Valley in 1970? You can. It's called Ohio in 2016 or 2015, whatever that would have been. So that was really the, the idea behind my paper. Is really my thesis was let's just change our lens. Let's think about positivity instead of negativity. Let's use scarcity um, as an asset. There's a lot of really great things happening here, and let's just just time to broadcast it to the world. And so that's what we did, and that's what we've been doing ever since. 
So I want to carry on along that path and continue along your uh, career growth and what you got going on now. But to call out for like young entrepreneurs or young um, professionals that are listening, like the way that you approached your career after you got out of the National Guard and the mindset that you had, um, is there anything unique that kind of sticks out to you that helped make you successful? Because like I know just from my brief time and spending time around you at networking events and things, like you obviously have a lot of drive, you have a unique personality where you're not scared to reach out to people, maybe that comes from sales. But do you look back on it and say, like, I'm really glad that I looked at things this way or I went this extra mile in these areas to get to where I am today? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess I haven't really thought about it, but I, I can tell you for the Venture Ohio role specifically, that was such a long shot, but it was all I cared about. And anyone who was around me during that time knows that nights and weekends, that's what I'm doing. There was, I knew everything about Third Frontier and Johns Ohio and the history of how these organizations got started. I mean, I was in it. I was going to all the networking events that I knew the board, I creeped on the board, I figured out where they're gonna be, and then I went up and talked to them at these events. I mean, this was what I cared about. And it was something that I wanted to do for a while. And that's how I've approached everything really is, you know, be prepared for that moment. It might never come. But when it does, I'm prepared for it because I've been getting ready for this meeting for the last four years of my life. So when it's here, you know, I'm ready. Is that what kind of eliminated any apprehension about going up and talking to these people at networking events? Like obviously, let's take up somebody like Rich Langdale or Mark Kwame, who we hear about a lot in the community. And like you might see them at an event and you're like, wow, you know, I've never seen them in person. And um, they almost become, especially if you're in the startup community, like these mythical figures, you know, like, you <laughs> yeah. know I mean, I, maybe that's an extreme, but so, so you walk up to them, that was definitely extreme, but you get what I'm saying, you know, so you just had like no fear about talking to those people. You just kind of said like, I mean, what are they going to tell me to walk away? Is that kind of your mindset or? I don't think I ever considered that I had an option. Mm -hmm. This is what I needed to do to get to where <laughs> I needed to be. I don't think I ever thought I had a choice. You know, I think that's interesting because, like, that is that entrepreneurial mindset, right? That's the mindset is, like, this is just what I have to do, mm -hmm. right? It's very much a, like, there's no other option. Like, I yeah. can't do anything else, so <laughs> this is what I have to do with a lot of entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, it just stems back to being in that culture and, and under, really understanding at a fundamental level. So I can tell um, just from talking to you here today that, uh, you know, I see that uh, why, it makes sense why you would be drawn to that culture and that that area of uh, startups and Columbus, but kind of what I want to jump into next is, so you get, you get the role, mm -hmm. now what? You know, there's a lot there, you presented this paper, you presented your idea and your vision, how do you take that vision from where it was to where you want it to be? It was really hard, you know, not only are you leading a vision, you're also running a company. So I spent a lot of time on YouTube, you know, how to use QuickBooks, how to set up QuickBooks, accounting for dummies. I'm trying to figure all this stuff out because I'd never done it before. I didn't know how to manage a Word, you know, WordPress site. I didn't know how to manage our, our back office, our books. You know, I'm sending invoices, I'm collecting invoices. I mean, this was all pretty new to me. You know, we're creating committees on the board. You know, how, what are best practices with nonprofit boards and creating committees and writing bylaws and all this stuff. So I was doing a lot of learning while trying to execute on the vision. The first six months was pure chaos. I felt like I was drowning the entire time, like nothing's going right, we're never doing enough. I remember um, being at a startup grind uh, where I was the guest and you know we got questions from the audience and I didn't have the answers to any of them. Like, oh my gosh, we're doing a terrible job here because they were focused on you know, how do you get more women into entrepreneurship? What are you doing to support children and how do you get you know, better STEM education? I don't know, we didn't do anything to support any of that. 
So what we did was got the entire board together and did a full day strategic planning session. Everyone got a different color of marker. You know, we all had our mm -hmm. rules. I got two. You know, everybody's vote counts as one. And, and we really just spelled out exactly what the vision for Venture Ohio was. It was really hard because we hadn't really thought about that before. So we started with our BHAG, and then we came up with our three to five-year goals and our one-year goals and our quarterly rocks. And we've been following that process ever since. And it's been, it's been life-changing, just you know, having structure and following that strategic plan and updating it every year has been a lifesaver. So what is that vision today? Like when you, when you left that meeting, what were the main things that you took away? And, and as you're painting the vision in your own mind, you walked out of there knowing what direction you were going, what did that look like? Well, the startup community in Columbus and in Ohio has changed pretty dramatically since that day. So Venture Ohio needs to change with it as well. There have been times when we needed to focus on a certain area and then we, we kind of pivoted over to a different one. You know, the first venture report that was really um, me being able to execute my vision, uh, we focused on just there are museums in Ohio, there are cool, there are restaurants, there are cool things here because that was an objective that we needed to get past was I don't want to come and invest in an Ohio startup company because I'm going to have to come there every quarter for board meetings and do I have to eat at Arby's every day? This is literally one of the things I heard was, do you have anything besides fast food? We had to get in people's minds that there's culture here. So the 2015 venture report showed there's really cool stuff to do in Ohio, you know? From there, you know, we were able to, to progress from there. We already had a developed brand. I spent a lot of time in the Bay Area. We started to get to know these VCs a little bit better. And from there, we showed, you know, we have great industries here that are wrapped around, you know, real companies and real solutions. And, and we do have the talent here in the AI space, in the blockchain space, in the robotic space, and whatever that may be. So, um, you know, getting our vision out in that way was really important. Do a lot of evangelism, have a lot of meetings, you know, travel to the coast and talking to people. In the, in the last year or so, we've been focused on federal policy quite a bit. That Volcker rule I referred to a few years ago, we're finally getting to the place where we think that might actually be reinterpreted to exempt venture capital funds. So I spend quite a bit of time in DC. Um, I've testified in front of Congress a couple of times on this issue and opportunity zones and a few other uh, carried interest, a few other things that impact the venture capital community. I spent a lot of time down there talking to our legislators. I was able to participate in a political roundtable a couple of weeks ago. So that's part of our focus as well, is how do we unlock that capital um, to, to get into these local venture capital funds that then trickles down to startup entrepreneurs. And then of course our, our venture summit is a, is a really important part of what we do. And, and last year we produced the watch list with Ohio's top 50 startup companies and blasted that out to as many uh, VCs as we could and, and, and got some inbound interest from that as well. It's a really cool company, can you introduce me to so-and-so? We're able to kind of make those connections. So what's testifying in front of Congress like? Uh, it's pretty nerve-wracking. Yes, it I is, mean. yeah. Um, my opening statement, I ended up changing at the last second because I, <laughs> <laughs> I realized it was it was really heavily focused on tax policy, and I am not a tax expert, you know. And so I thought, man, if I open with this, I've got like two hours of getting grilled on policy questions right. in, in front of Congress and a live live feed, and mm -hmm. it's you know goes into our congressional record, so. Um, I changed it at the last second. I was actually literally scribbling there. You can see me on the video while other people are testifying or you know, uh, giving their opening remarks uh, to make it more about just what I'm passionate about and, and, and humanize it a little bit more. Um, but it was a cool experience, well, for good. sure. Yeah, and it was easier the second time than the first. Policy. 
<laughs> they did not, which was great. Um, we, you know, during that, my first uh, testimony, the Invest in Opportunity Act was still a pretty hot item. You know, opportunity zones, obviously, the law hadn't passed yet. So we focused a lot on that. And, and luckily, there's a lot of support from both sides of the aisle. So most of the questions directed toward me were friendly, mm -hmm. <laughs> not so much for my fellow witnesses. Uh, some of them got, got grilled, which when you see someone standing next to you get grilled, oh my gosh, skip over me. But right. it was cool. It was a great experience. That's good. So when you look out, and obviously you mentioned the startup community here in Ohio is changing. It's going to continue to change, I'm yeah. sure. Um, what does is, what is a good outlook look like for you in three to five years? Like if you look at that and you can say, we could have achieved this, this, and this, what are those things for you guys? I'd like to give you a better answer, you know, after really mapping it out and digging into the data. You know, we've talked about this a few times with, with the numbers, you know, should we have five billion in exit value, you know, five billion under management, you know, 25 firms over, you know, 150,000 or 150 million under management, things like that. I don't have a great answer for you as far as the numbers go. Um, but, you know, for Venture Ohio, we're measured by the number, the amount of capital being invested in Ohio startup companies increasing year over year. So we want to continue to see that and, and, and continue to see our rankings improve with the amount of capital available to startup entrepreneurs per capita. Um, we're still nowhere where, where we need to be. There's a lot of moving pieces to a startup community. There's, you know, we need, it's important to focus on diversity and education and there's just a lot of moving pieces to it. But I think if you, if you look at that capital piece, that's a way to measure that, you know, you're on the right trajectory. And we've got, we've had more invested in just Columbus this year to date than we had in the entire state even, you know, just two years ago. So things are, things are looking up for sure. I'd like to see more students stay here, more people, you know, stay in the state. And I think we're seeing that improve pretty dramatically as well. Um, but again, I don't have hard numbers on things. So I hate answering questions and I don't have the data in front of me. It feels like people are staying here. It feels like a lot of people are migrating back to Ohio um, or moving to Ohio. I've certainly met just in the last couple of weeks some really great entrepreneurs from San Francisco who moved to Columbus for a pretty weak connection. It's not even like their parents live here. It's like I have a cousin who has a friend who lives here. And so, you know, I think I think we're we're on the right track, but we definitely have a long way to go. Yeah, so in terms of Columbus and Ohio in general, I mean, and our listeners who are mostly, you know, people who are listening and are generally people, young professionals in the entrepreneurial space interested in what we're talking about. So um, what can they do or what can we do as a community to can kind of continue that trend, right? Are there things that we can do in terms of whether it's, whether it's voting or whether it's, pushing certain agendas, like what, what would you suggest people do to kind of continue that trend? And that wasn't on the outline, so I'll kind of put you on the spot here. Yeah, I think no, I actually didn't question. read your outline, so Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've asked one question on it. None of it has been on the outline. We've gone completely off map here. Yeah. I, I think the most important thing to do is to support each other. Just help someone when you can. You know, think about making friendships, not building your network you know how do you build your friend circle of friends how can you support other people um, and and if you are, continue to give it's going to come back to you in some form if there's something that you want to do you know volunteer you know be if there's people that you want to be like volunteer to be around them spend as much time around them as you can don't ask for anything if you if you don't get hired for a job that's okay you know find another way in you know take a lower level job and work your way up i worked my way up from a receptionist you know, to, to sales. I mean, it was 
and then I and then I moved into the venture Ohio role. I mean, if, if things don't work out for you at first, just keep trying. But I think in the meantime, you know, if we're you know to come together as a community, be supportive of each other. Don't badmouth each other. You don't like how someone's you know building their business or or their tactics. You know, you don't need to tell everybody else that. Just be supportive of each other. I think that's really important because. Columbus is still very new, and we have the opportunity to be whoever we want to be. San Francisco is an amazing place to live and to do business, but it certainly has its flaws that we can learn from. You know, if we, can, if we think about building this community, both the startup community and the city itself, in an inclusive way, if we can think about this, you know, look at this with an inclusive economic development lens, we can be whoever we want to be because we're still new. So I hope that we all continue to approach that in a positive, collaborative way. And what about on a personal level, this will be one of our last questions, what, what do you want outside of Venture Ohio in the next three to five years? Do you have a lot of focuses outside of um, that realm? Obviously, that's also your hobby and passion and everything, so maybe that's, maybe that's all of it wrapped into one, or is there anything else outside of that? Yeah, venture capital is, is certainly my focus. I want to continue to do advocacy work in D.C. I think that's really important. Um, I really enjoy working with our local um, legislators the, at the city level, at the state level, um, at the federal level. I think we're really lucky in Ohio and in Columbus to have an, an incredible leadership at that level. Our city council's awesome. Our mayor's awesome. You know, I love working with uh, our different officials who really have the same goals in mind that we do. We just often don't speak the same language. You know, we're talking in startup and venture capital terms. We're talking in government policy terms, political terms. And so, you know, helping to bridge that gap is something that I enjoy doing and, and I think makes an impact too. Perfect. And I think, Tom, that's a great place to jump into our last question of the show, which is centered on the theme here on Conquering Columbus. Uh, and we chose the theme, Live Uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that theme, what do you think of when you hear the phrase, how do you apply it to your life and career? Live Uncomfortably. I think the first thing that popped into my head was say out loud what you plan to do, because that's really hard, because now you have to do it. Can't, can't, you can't back out. I think that we, we, it's important at an individual level. I think our city's doing that. You know, Columbus Partnership, Columbus 2020's doing that. I think that's what's really special about Columbus 2020 and Jobs Ohio is they set these audacious goals, you know, five, ten years into the future, and they got to go after them. And I think it's important to do that as an individual as well. Perfect. Well, Fallon, thanks a lot for joining us Thank today. Thank you. We really appreciate you taking the time to tell your story here on Conquering Columbus. And Conquerors, thanks for tuning in. That's Fallon Donahue, and she is the CEO over at Venture Ohio. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. We will talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes, it really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here, and that's going to start with FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. 
The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our next sponsor is Share. For the rides that you take the most, ride with Share. Share is a new transportation company now driving Columbus. Schedule your ride and Share picks you up at your door with professional drivers and a growing fleet of connected vehicles. Share is now hiring with entry-level management positions available. You can learn more about careers with Share at drivewithshare.com. Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.